guess we'll call to order. Let's start with roll call. Einan Lynch, present. Frazier? Present. Gade? Present. Grimm? Krieger? Murray? Here. Shetty? Silman? Smith? Sturdivant? Present. Walter? Present. And staff members, would you like to introduce yourselves? Sarah Gardner? Daniel Pissel. Megan Hill. Diane Platt. Next, we will get approval of the November 13th minutes. Are there any comments or corrections? I motion to approve. Great. Do I have a second? I second. All right. All in favor of approving the November 13th minutes? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Minutes approved. All right, next on to public comment of items not on the agenda. Uh, members of the public who would like to speak regarding items not on the agenda are welcome to address the commission for up to three minutes. Uh, due to public meeting laws, we commissioners cannot engage in discussion or take any action on an item not already listed in the agenda. That means we can listen to your comments but not comment on or discuss them at this time. Is there anyone from the public who would like to speak? If so, you can state your name at the podium. If not, we'll move on. All right, let's move on to announcements. Oh, heavens, I think it's my mic. <laughs> um, though that is a good reminder, uh, we've had a request for all the commission meetings and city council meetings that people make a conscious effort to use the uh, microphones whenever possible, just for ease of folks who listen to the recordings afterward. There's been some difficulty hearing some people speak, so. Uh, cool. Um, and we'll just note in the minutes that Silman has arrived. Welcome. Thank you. All right, for action items at the last meeting, um, the one action item listed was to, for everyone to continue visioning for commercial and industrial areas, uh, indicators of success, and we'll touch on that a bit more later in the meeting when we talk about next steps. Um, for upcoming events, this isn't really a true event, but we just wanted to let you know that our Green Iowa AmeriCorps, um, officially, every member has passed their BPI certification. It happened a little later this year. Um, but that means they are now ready to commence doing the energy audits. And in fact, we've been able to borrow a second set of equipment for the blower door tests. So they are doubling up on uh, those tests for homes. So we're hoping to move through the waiting list pretty quickly. Um, yeah, we're all very excited about that. And uh, just as a reminder, through an agreement we entered into with Johnson County this year, they're now able to perform those energy audits anywhere in Johnson County and not just in Iowa City. So we've been able to expand the footprint of that program, which um, staff are all pretty excited about. And then uh, for the updated meeting schedule, this one had me blushing at the last meeting. Um, you'll have noted in your agenda packet that we changed all the years to 2024 instead of 2023. No one has to relive this year for meetings next year. And we did correct that December meeting so that it reflects the correct date. Um, it had originally been listed for a Wednesday and it will in fact be on a Monday. 
Um, and then, with some sadness, we wanted to pause here and just recognize uh, two outgoing members we have. Um, at our January meeting, we'll have uh, some new new appointed members to the Climate Action Commission. Um, we have two folks with ter terms that are concluding, one of whom was Matt Krieger, who has been here from the very beginning and was quite sad to email me today and say that he is unable to attend this meeting as intended, but um, he wanted us to express, you know, um, his thanks for the time on the commission, and certainly we want to express our thanks to him for being uh, just such a guiding hand throughout the process in developing the climate action plan and then helping oversee its implementation for several years afterward. I think he, Matt definitely went above and beyond the call of duty there. And then we will also be um, saying a farewell to Matt Walter, uh, who I will say when staff were writing out our thank you note today, hey, we were thinking about what a really stellar member of the climate Action Commission Matt's been. For those of you who are more recent additions to the commission, Matt was originally a member of our, one of our working groups. He has shown up to help us stuff um, Resilience Hub kits ahead of Climate Fest. Um, this year when we were looking to put together the uh, celebration outside of the Transit Hub, he was really helpful in helping us identify uh, fellow bank colleagues that we could contact to make sure it was okay to take up space on the sidewalk. Um, and and as a, many of you know, he's just been a wonderful perspective and voice on many of the things we've discussed here. So um, thank you so much, Matt, for all the time and talent you've loaned to our endeavors. And um, we wanted to pause in case there was anything you wanted to say as well. Yeah, uh, thank you. And I, I just wanted to say that I feel very fortunate to live in a city that's making a real uh, effort towards uh, climate action. And I know the uh, commission will be in good hands, and I will continue to follow the city and the commission's work. Thank you. Um, and if anybody else has any other thoughts they want to share, uh, you're certainly welcome yeah, to at this one, time. One thought. Thank you very much. You were a great member. <laughs> Still not a bad guy, even though I know. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. And we'll let the minutes show that Angie Smith has joined the meeting. All right, we'll move on to unfinished and ongoing business with visioning indicators. Yeah. So thank you all for your continued discussion on this. It was really interesting to listen in on the discussion from the last meeting. Um, one of the things we've done, uh, and you would have seen this included in the agenda packet, was we uh, created a list where we typed in the vision that was outlined by the city council at the end of their visioning process. Um, and then underneath it, we listed bullet points that we hope captured all the uh, indicators of success that have come up in the discussion to date. Um, our intention with this is not to create a competing vision uh, from the one that was outlined by city council, but maybe to provide some shaded in details as well. Um, and so what we'd like to do in terms of next steps is a couple things. Um, today we thought we could pause and just run through that list and make sure that you feel like it has fairly captured the discussion to date. We tried to group like things together to shorten up the list a bit so we'd have easy reference. Um, if we agree on where the list is standing now, 
um, what we'll do is charge you all to begin thinking about um, measures that could be attached to some of these items and also what the top priorities to measure might be. Um, just in a recognition of staff capacity, it would be difficult to capture data on every single one of the items. Um, and so uh, it'll be helpful to us, I think, as we figure out next steps to also be figuring out where some of the key priorities lie. Um, and those could be priorities. I encourage you to think of that broadly, not just priorities in terms of what are the most important things to accomplish, but what are the things we think might not be getting measured that could be or could be measured better. Um, and then also, um, I wanted to suggest that it seemed clear to me in listening into the discussion that we've got a pretty firm grasp on the commission in terms of what the indicators of success might be in residential areas. And we get a little fuzzier when we start discussing commercial and industrial areas, and that might be because we don't have a lot of folks representing those areas um, on the table. So I thought, it might make sense to invite a representative from a local industry to come in and talk about um, some of the things they're doing to pursue sustainability and how that looks from their perspective, which might help um, shade in some details for us there as well, similar to what we've been doing hearing from staff. If you all are agreeable with that plan, uh, we'll start reaching out and we'll keep you posted as we find someone to come in and speak. Great. Um, so let's take a look at that list. Hopefully um, you have a copy in front of you, or if you'd like, I can read out the copy of bullet lists, uh, or the bullet list, whichever would be most helpful. And we can just confirm that it seems to capture most of what the discussion entailed, or all of it, ideally. I think personally, looking through the list, it captured really a lot of what we talked about. It's a good job putting it into bullet points. <laughs> Did anybody? Particularly with that wonderful handwriting that we all submitted. <laughs> yeah, I know when I looked over the list, I, I thought that it you know was well done and the items grouped together made a lot of sense. And so I felt like it did a good job of capturing what we had talked about. Did anybody see any omissions that we want to be sure we address? Okay, great. Um, well, just so you know, I know this is a process that's taken us many months, and I really appreciate your patience with it. I think we've had a more robust conversation as a result of it. And um, just as a reminder, City Council reviews all the minutes um, from our meetings. It goes into their packets as well. So even though we haven't produced anything finalized, like a memo that's gone to them, they'll be able to see this list at their next meeting as well and be uh, kept on top of the conversation. So um, I just don't want you to think you're speaking into a void. Great. You say we are gonna, we're gonna talk about possible metrics now? Is that what you're saying? Um, no, I think mm -hmm. what we'd like to do is just give everybody some time to digest the list and think about um, the measures. Um, and then we'll, I think we can fold the um, discussion in with um, 
what we hear from the commercial or industrial representative so that, that I think unless, unless you feel a burning desire to talk about measures, in which case we certainly can. But I think, um, I think our vision was maybe to try to let us all digest it a bit and to f give a chance to fold in any new members coming into the commission in that discussion as well. Uh, one, one comment, if I may. I don't know how you can guarantee getting to them, but we're wonderful people here, obviously. We're all motivated. I'm worried about the people that have the potential power to make these things happen that we're not reaching, the politicians and the powerful people. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing missing is that gap between, pardon me, the do-gooders and the powerful realists and get them on the same song sheet. If anyone has any ideas on how we do that, other than just repetition, 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 which nothing wrong with, but boy, if anyone knew anyone who knows somebody who might know somebody else with some power, of course, we're limited to Iowa City, and I'm still concerned about the Board of Regents. I'm concerned about uh, the Iowa House not being on board with something like this and kind of ignoring us. So we keep lobbying there, and maybe, maybe that's what we need to do is even more lobbying. That's my concern is that gap. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I'm always dying to talk about metrics, but I can wait for the uh, for the industry rep. <clears throat> All right. If there are no other comments, uh, we will digest this until the new year and talk about it. Maybe in January. I'm hoping. Um, new business. Well, I have to say we're quite excited to bring this next one forward. Um, as you know, it's been a subject of uh, discussion in here for years now. How do we move forward on energy efficiency in the community? How do we move forward on electrification goals, particularly in rental units, which we know more than half the people who live in Iowa City live in rental units um, without simultaneously driving up rent. And I think we're all very conscious even of the affordable housing uh, scarcity that we suffer from in Iowa City. Um, this, of course, is a problem that staff think about a lot and have done a lot of work to think about ways we might address it. And I, I'm, 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 I will say I'm very proud to be bringing this proposal forward that we will be launching in January. And we wanted to give you a chance to um, digest this as well and offer any thoughts that you might have um, and let us know if this feels on track with a bit of that vision that we've been discussing. But. Um, what we are proposing is a pilot program that is going to offer a suite of uh, energy efficiency and electrification improvements to our five rental properties. So the pilot will just be five, though of course we have an eye toward expanding the program as we do with any pilot. 
Um, and in return for these rather substantial grants to help improve these properties, we will be asking that the participating landlords agree to accept housing choice vouchers, which are also commonly known as Section 8 vouchers at the property. Um, so we think there's a potential here for a number of wins across the board, right? We're going to be improving the quality of the housing stock um, for those who are the most vulnerable to energy burdens. Um, we're going to be in increasing access, um, at least for five more properties, to affordable housing within the city. And we're going to be instituting those uh, energy efficiency measures that we hope to see in all the housing stock across Iowa City. Um, I will also say, you know, one of the other discussions we have a lot in here is about coming up with programs that can serve as a model for other communities. Um, we, as we were researching this um, program over the course of the year and thinking about how we might roll it out, we reached out to any number of communities and organizations. As far as we can tell, there is no other city that has tried something like this. And in fact, um, Danny and I were on a conversation last week with Rewiring America which is quite excited to hear about this program. Um, I had connected with them at the conference and just bounced the question off them the way we had bounced off others. You know, have you heard of others doing this? Are there people we could connect with to learn lessons from? And they were very excited and said, we haven't heard of anybody else doing this. This seems really innovative. It seems like it has the potential to make a big impact on a number of fronts. And they asked to be kept apprised of it so that they could help disseminate this to other communities if it's successful. So um, we're we're excited. We're very hopeful about it. Um, we wanted to give you a chance to hear about it and ask any questions you might have because, of course, your questions are always so helpful for us in guiding the shape of these programs. And we hope, above all, that it's meeting with your expectations for things we're trying to accomplish. So I'll just open the floor. Yeah. So those five land owners, um, that's exactly a, a great start, in my opinion. My thoughts are we ought to market and get them to market what they're doing and make them even more high profile as they do this so they can feel really good and they can carry the message to their other wealthier, mm -hmm. powerful friends. And when it's all over, don't forget about them. Keep them enlisted with us mm -hmm. because uh, that's the group we need to make it bigger and it needs to have more inertia but that's a great start mm -hmm. what we can't do though is say thank you very much let it let it run hand out a birthday cake and forget about it i think we need to be selfish and continue to reward them with more opportunities in the future that's great feedback thank you this is Sturdivant. <clears throat> Pardon me. I have uh, two questions. One is, is it going to be somebody that's already living somewhere, or is it they're going to have, <clears throat> like, somebody new coming in to this? How, like, how is it? I think I understand your question. Um, so the idea, and tell me if this doesn't answer what you're asking. The idea is that it would be targeted at properties that aren't currently accepting 
uh, housing choice vouchers. So it would be a new family coming to live in that property. Um, however, one of the potential hurdles that we identified in the one a similar pilot program that we found and reached out to and asked them a bunch of questions um, that they had encountered was their program by virtue of the many different grant funds that they were pooling together to try to run the program um, meant that they could only offer it to landlords who had never accepted a housing choice voucher at any of their properties. And uh, I should mention, uh, actually I was very remiss in not mentioning this in the beginning, this is not just an initiative of the climate action staff, this has been in development with our housing authority staff as well. One of the advantages that we saw for potentially bringing this in-house and administering it directly as a city was that we have existing relationships with those landlords. So one of the hurdles they encountered was finding landlords to participate, but also by dint of only being able to offer it to landlords who hadn't previously accepted housing choice vouchers at any of their properties, it effectively discriminated against landlords who were already doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we designed the program, we very deliberately put a provision in that said the property has to be new to that program, the landlord does not. And our hope is that we'll get a mix of participating landlords, both those who've already been accepting the vouchers and are looking for an opportunity to upgrade their property and landlords who maybe have been a bit on the fence about accepting these vouchers and now will uh, embrace this as an opportunity to try that out. Does that answer the question? Yeah, that's okay. exactly what I was looking for. And then the second one is, is it houses or apartments? Is there, are you going to split um, them or? Very specifically, at least for the pilot, it's focused on single family housing. And the reason uh, we did that in, instead of offering it to all rental properties is um, our housing authority staff, who of course are more experts in uh, these areas than we are, um, said that single-family housing is more likely to uh, be households that are renting to families that have children. And so we thought that was an important key component to address. Um, and it's administratively going to be a little easier for us, at least for the pilot, to target it that way. So there are benefits that we'd like um, for the families that would participate, and it kind of helps us at least test the waters a little. Thank you. Thank you for the thoughtful questions. This is Gade. Um, do you have an application process then for the landlords or have you identified potential landlords to reach out to to start the pilot? A bit of both. Um, the housing authority is going to be the one administering it because they are more commonly in the practice of um, interacting with landlords. And they have both identified some landlords that they believe would be interested in uh, participating. They've also, uh, through their own channels of communication, identified some ways to reach out to additional landlords. And they have an application process um, that's based on uh, applications for other programs they administer. So uh, we won't be entirely reinventing the wheel, which is always nice with a program like this when you can pattern off of something that's existing. Yeah, that's great. Um, I I think I mentioned this in a previous response, but one of the other hurdles that was identified from uh, some of the other program or the other program we looked at is just finding landlords to participate. And this is one of the other things we think by bringing it in-house, 
um, our housing authority staff already have direct relationships with those landlords. Um, the nonprofit that we spoke to that had administered a similar program did not. And so it just took them longer. Like by the time they were able to identify a landlord to participate and then line up the funding for that particular house and then get them enrolled with the housing authority, they saw people washing out in the program losing steam. We think we're going to be able to avoid that by administering it directly ourselves and attaching a dedicated pool of funds to it. This is Silman, and the question I have is, is what exactly are they applying for? Like, what exactly do they get from this? Um, so they will be getting a number of improvements to the property that can include um, attic, increased attic insulation, uh, air sealing and ventilation. Um, it can include an air source heat pump water heater, an air source heat pump HVAC system, um, new windows and exterior doors. Um, Oh gosh, there's a list in the memo, and I'll <laughs> in any list containing n items, I will always remember n minus one. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, gas stove. We uh, are offering to replace gas stoves with an electric stove or an induction stove as well. And some of the properties may have some of these things in place, so they'll have the option of, you know, not getting a brand new stove if they don't need it. Um, but we want to offer a suite of options and uh, with an eye toward whole home energy efficiency improvements and electrification. Okay. Without a price increase in the rent to pay for it. That's the key, right? Yeah. Um, we think the housing vouchers are going to help with that. I should also say, um, as you might have noted in the memo, that it'll be structured similar to a forgivable loan. So it's not just um, that they'll accept a housing choice voucher for one year and then be done. Um, the requirement is that they would accept it for five years. And essentially, 20% of the grant will be forgiven every year that they participate. So if for some reason, we hope this doesn't happen, but if for some reason a landlord, let's say, accepts vouchers at the property for three years and then decides to go back onto you know, market pricing, um, they would have to repay 40% uh, of the grant to us. And we've got a nice legal agreement all drawn up and ready for that. Yeah. I I like that. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come to that, though. Yeah. This, this is Einan Lynch. Um, I really like the uh, success benchmarks at the end with the um, really clear timelines and goals for how many landlords will have participated by certain times. And I'm wondering on the, is it the fourth bullet point, um, that funding one of the benchmarks is that funding is secured to expand the program beyond the pilot. I'm just wondering what the timeline is for that. When do you need to secure that by? Um, or are you hoping to? In this, this is actually another exciting thing about this particular project that, as you know, we've been working on a regional climate pollution grant planning process um, that 
is first developing a regional climate action plan, and then uh, next year we'll be going for implementation funds for that. The guidance that we are getting out of the EPA is that they really want those implementation grant programs to go to shovel-ready projects, and we have here a shovel-ready project that's not being tried in other areas, so we're hoping that it's going to compete very well. Um, and because we're rolling it out uh, in January, we should be able to include it in the CPRG in hopes of getting some federal funding attached to it. As we know, federal funding comes with federal reporting requirements that aren't always ideal. So, or I shouldn't say ideal. I mean, I think all those requirements exist for very good and legitimate reasons, but they can be very tricky to um, comply with for a community of our size. So we'll be weighing that opportunity as we go after those funds. But it also just um, opens the door to the possibility that this wouldn't just be an Iowa City program, but it could be a regional program, something that could be adopted in Cedar Rapids or the outlying communities as well, which is exciting. If we don't go down that avenue or we don't secure those grant funds, we do have um, a balance from our emergency levy that has been earmarked for programs like this, and we would be able to continue drawing on those funds for future years if we want to uh, use that for these purposes. So um, we'll see how the pilot goes. We'll be looking for other funding opportunities, and we'll hopefully be growing it as we roll it out. This is Gade. I do have a question. I know with um, the tenants, I'm just kind of curious if there would be plans to measure like direct impact of the program on the tenants, like as far as like energy usage or cost. Mm -hmm. I know it's kind of hard because of just privacy and, you know, folks probably don't, you know, they just want to live there, right? But yeah. Um, the other thing that makes it a little tricky is, of course, presumably they wouldn't have been living in that property before, right? right? Getting so that baseline, yeah. Before and after is a little hard. Yeah. But um, certainly we can raise that question with the housing authority and see what measures they already collect and see if there isn't some possibility there. Yeah. Is it possible to collect the information on the energy before they moved in and possibly before the new stove went in and the new heat pump went in? Because that would could be really dramatic. Yeah, possibly we could. Um, particularly if there's a landlord who is paying the energy costs directly, which we mm -hmm. kind of think may be the landlords that are most interested in this program, at least initially. Um, the tricky bit with that is you always have to put a little asterisk on it that like human behavior varies from family to family yep. and you may get a family in there that leaves the lights on all night and then another family that's pretty diligent about turning them off and so mm -hmm. you just have to it's at least be aware that there may be some variability that you can't account for. Again, that's another opportunity to make the landlord a hero mm -hmm. and keep this thing going. Right. You should be proud of yourselves. I, I mean, this is really exciting. Just looking at this in the packet, I was like, oh my goodness, this is great. So excited to hear more updates. 
Well, thanks. We are pretty, we're pretty excited about it. I'm glad that you all are too. I, I hope you all are. I think this is something that um, Iowa City in the future may have real occasion to be rightly quite proud of. So, and thank you all for all the discussions that have led up to this and particularly, I think really, you know, continually bringing up this question of how do we advance energy efficiency in rental properties without raising rates. I don't know that we would have gotten such an innovative program were it not for all those conversations that have led to it. So I think you all can be rightly proud of yourselves right now. I'm uh, losing my mind because I'm so old. How many years was it since we first started, before we had a commission, when we had the committee? When, when did that happen? Um, I believe it started in 2020 for the commission, and then the committee for the climate action plan would have gone back to 2018. So my comment, I, I of course, was there, and we've been talking about landlords ever since then. So this is way cool. Congratulations. One thing that makes me excited is thinking of possibly expanding it regionally because, you know, being able to do something like that could start bringing in, you know, those um, people who maybe aren't thinking about this as an important thing right now and really broaden that audience of believers. I will say if I can be just a little nerdy and a little wonky um, in our conversation with Rewiring America, um, Stacey Abrams has recently come on staff with that organization and they mentioned that in our next call they may want to involve her in a discussion of it to see how it's going. And uh, we got off the call and Danny said, I will be taking a screenshot if we're all on the call together. <laughs> so, quite exciting. That's awesome. Thanks. I feel like with this being so innovative too, that there are a lot of grant opportunities elsewhere that you could probably find that would be, you know, able to fund this. You know, sustainability-wise though too, it's it is hard with some grants because they're not they're not like long-term things always, but it's it's very innovative. Great. Thanks all for your support. I apologize, I'll shut up. We also for years have been saying that nobody cares about polar bears, but I've just saw some news coverage that says the polar bears don't have any ice, so they're wandering into town and looking for little children and small dogs. So people are more aware of the polar bear issue, which we used to joke about, and nobody cares, but now they're getting some coverage. It's serious stuff. Mm -hmm. So. Keep taking advantage of it. <laughs> this is Sturvent. Um <clears throat> The the funding for this, the voucher doesn't come out of. It's a, the voucher is separate from the hundred twenty-five thousand. So yeah, the voucher just refers to the home hole or the um, home choice voucher, or commonly known as the Section Eight voucher. Okay. Yeah, that taps into federal funds. So our portion, we're just funding the home improvements. Well, this is pretty wonky. I appreciate you all being enthusiastic about it. All right. I feel like I'm missing something. Are we <laughs> ready for a recap? 
I think we are. I think it's a short meeting. I guess that's the holiday gift to all of us. <laughs> um, so just a confirmation, the next meeting time and location will be Monday, January 8th from 3.30 to 5 p.m. Um, for actionable items, uh, we are going to be reaching out to an industrial entity here in Iowa City to see if they can join us potentially for that January 5th meeting, though it might be the February meeting. You know, holidays are always a wild card in scheduling. And um, you all are going to continue to take a look at that list of indicators we've generated so far and think about ways that we might possibly measure some of them and also where our priority measures might be. Sound good? Yeah, can I just add, um, at the January meeting is when we'll be welcoming um, some new members, but it'll also be our chance to select a new chair and vice chair for the upcoming year. Um, so I just wanna put that out there, if that is something of interest to you to be thinking if, if uh, one of these roles is a role that you would like to take on, um, I think it's great that it rotates and it's a chance to build leadership um, and like experience in community boards um, and maybe someday that will lead to people running for office. Um, the, uh, when you are the chair, you get to meet monthly with Sarah to go over the agenda. So it's also just a great opportunity to like dig deeper into some of the issues um, with Sarah if that's of interest. So if anyone wants to know more about it, please feel free to reach out to me ahead of time. Yeah, and just as a reminder, you can self-nominate or you can nominate someone else. Either way works. Can the same chair and vice chair serve mm -hmm. again if, if they want to? Yeah. Just wink if you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if there are no more comments, I will... Just congratulations on this program. I, I'm really excited. And uh, you just quietly, behind the scenes, do all this stuff, and it's amazing. Congratulations. I'll take a motion to adjourn. I motion to adjourn. Sturdivant second. Great. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Note that we are adjourning early at 4.08.